Hey everyone, welcome to Hand in the Shame Back. We're at part two with Cheryl Hunter, all the way from Los Angeles, and she is an author. She is a media expert helping others share their stories in a beautifully polished, professional way. And she she really aids people in that process. It's like it's like seeing birds breed out of a cage, actually. So uh, well done to her. She has this quite a story actually and I think um, on the show she's been um, very grateful to her for trusting the process being able to share that she was abused several times actually one as a six-year-old by a female babysitter two raped at 14 um, by a boy known to her and the family and three she was kidnapped and uh, that happened I think when she was 19 but she's 18. Back yeah. 18. Now, as you know, as always, there are trigger warnings. So please, if you get triggered, do stop watching. These are live on YouTube, ad infinitum. So you're welcome. So strap in, guys. We're into part two. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Gloria. You're a gem. You are so kind. Thank you for the space that you create for people. You're very welcome. Cheryl, we haven't even looked at the kidnapping, uh, the impact on you, ideas that you might have that would serve our beautiful audience watching. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. What would you would you like to give us? Because I think it, it actually became, it, it went bang across the world, your kidnapping would you like to just give us a little quick synopsis of that before we move into impact, if you're comfortable? Absolutely. So I, you know, I, as I'd mentioned from such a remote place in the Rocky mountains of Colorado, and even though it was heavenly as a little kid, when I got to be a teenager, I just wanted to see the world and see, frankly, anybody I wasn't related to by blood. I was like, I just need to see people actual people <laughs> other than my brother and sister. And I, I planned, I was trying to figure out a way to do it. And I took a, a sick day, so to speak, and took a played hooky, rode my motorcycle, mini bike down to the nearest town and bought a magazine, talked about that they always needed models. And I was like, well, I'm tall enough. I'm on the boys basketball team. I think I could make this work. I just need to go someplace. They need them. And I was like, well, I guess you're up. <laughs> and I convinced my best friend to go with me. And we bought airline tickets and Eurail passes and the whole nine and literally got to France and a man with a camera around his neck walked up to me. It was that fast. And he says, are you a model? I can make you one. And I'm like, what? That's how easy it is to become a model? Uh, who knew? Yes, I'm all in. I'll never have to go back to Rye, Colorado. Now, my friend was like, oh, hell no. But sh she wanted to go home afterward. She didn't have this master plan. Like, I've got to get out of the mountains. I need to get into the world. So I ditched her. You know, in retrospect, that sounds idiotic, but it, it, I, I was a, a girl on a mission and I thought I'm smart. I'm a ranch 
raised cowgirl. I'm strong and I'm smart and I'll figure it out. I wasn't strong enough for multiple men and I wasn't smart enough to outsmart drugs. I just wasn't. And they took me to a place that was a construction site. Nobody was there. I, you know, I, it's it, it, multiple men in me. I mean, they tortured me, gang raped me repeatedly. They just kept going. I couldn't figure out. They were so sadistic. The guy with the camera, the ringleader, the other one was just big and was just like, did whatever he said, but like endlessly kicking me in the head and trying to drown me and just cutting me and burning me just, and then eventually after all of it, he chopped my hair off. Why? And I was so naive the whole time, Gloria. I kept saying, when are we going to take the pictures? Are we going to take the pictures? Hmm. In the midst of all of it, is it time to take the pictures as though this were like the price of admission to become a fucking model or something? Other than the rape and my parents getting divorced, I really hadn't dealt with much in life, you know, the rape at age 14. So I just didn't really know. I mean, I was smart, despite what I'm saying now that makes me sound kind of idiotic, but I just was so on a mission. Modeling is going to help me if I can get these damn photos taken and I'm for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. Because we're going to do a bit of reframing. Thank you. Good, 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 good. Thank you. Never on my watch is a survivor going to ever put themselves down so with gently and with love. Yes. I wasn't smart enough. I yes, you are right. Oh I, God. I I was targeted, groomed, and manipulated by two men bigger than me. Drugged and yes. Thank you. And the truth about it is it's I speak at schools across the country and I yeah. speak on I TV. I'm just I'm just about. but what I was gonna say though is yeah. I speak to children and girls and their parents and boy, young boys about how to keep safe. And one of the things that these predators do is they, they, they prey on your dreams. Yes. And they did, there was nothing different. It's like, I, I, I feel like I should have known better and, and I shouldn't have. I was a child. I mean, your brain doesn't finish developing till you're 25, 26. I was a naive girl. I, I One of my first TV interviews, the interviewer leaned in very softly and sweetly and said, at some point, did you realize this was a pretty stupid idea? And in that case, I stood up for not just myself, but all survivors. And I go, the victim is never to blame. And I'm so proud of myself for the wherewithal to say that, because that is bullshit. Don't 
Mm-hmm. You fucking dare blame us. And I don't want to be the one to do that either. So Gloria, thank you for the reframe. I was judging myself like I should have known. Oh, you're only human. Have. You're only human. But the good point you raise in for survivors watching is this. Because we were children when all this began and now you've you've had your your revelation about the babysitter. In order to make it acceptable to us, we turn ourselves bad because we can't turn the adult or the abuser bad. So you're just doing what we do all over the world. You're so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the reframe. So powerful. The other thing, because we're grateful to that girl that I was, I, I, I love her. I love, I have been blessed with the light. When I was a girl sitting in the, in the horse meadows in Rye, Colorado, I used to look up at the airplanes and go, I want to be the girl on the airplane, looking at the girl lying down in the horse pasture, standing, just lying there with the cows standing around. I want to be her, but I, if I were going to be her, I'd have to have some way, something to do some way, some way to help people, something to provide them. And I, I don't, other than teaching people how to ride horses and there's gotta be someone better than me at that. I don't, I really don't have anything. And this, this whole life, this, the kidnapping and then the path to resurrect gave me something to provide people so i love that girl for leading me to this life that i'm so blessed to lead that's amazing well thank you for the reframe i've got a final reframe (laughs) (laughs) i'm just the gift that keeps giving survivors you stop laughing right now all right the final thing is, beautiful Cheryl, in the in those moments during the kidnapping when your mind was taking you elsewhere, it's it's part part dissociation. Your mind is always doing its best to keep you safe, and all it did in those moments was try to distract you from what was happening. So, aren't we grateful to that beautiful mind of yours that tried to keep you safe? When are we taking the photos? Yeah. Thank it's, you for that. Yeah. And that's another hallmark. That's that's what survivors do. We leave our bodies because we can't always stay there. We can't. It's just too much for us. And so beautiful mind of Cheryl's and all survivors love your minds. We honor them. So Cheryl, I guess moving on when you think about what has helped you recover what has helped your healing are there any kind of words of wisdom or or ideas you've had or things you've done yourself that you would recommend to our survivor audience watching i've 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 mentioned them briefly but i want to touch upon them again as some kind of creative endeavor like i wrote this novel greenhorn um which ironically even though i wrote it back in 2007 2008 i just rewrote it and released it this past weekend 
Yay! <laughs> Finally. So, um, and it's it's uh, coming of age and, and about about you know amidst sexual assault and rape and all that. So it, you know it's it's cathartic to to read, but it was cathartic to write. So some kind of creative pursuit uh, may be helpful, and then being able to own and claim and share your story and what occurred. Now that may be for a group, a peer group. It may be for a sacred, special someone. It may be like in the case of John Michael, it may be sharing with the world. John Michael Lander, um, who you also interviewed. It may be sharing to, to taking it on and being an advocate and sharing that message with the world and, you know, going live across the world to share with people. This happened. Like that's what I ended up doing with my own message. You can overcome. I did. You can. And I don't know what that sharing looks like. There's not a right way to do it, but there's a cathartic element to it i find it's beautiful when you think about impact on you and and your overcoming can you identify you know a few areas where for for you the impact was the greatest so for instance uh for me uh the greatest impact was I just didn't know who I was I became a very false person like had a masked ball took me years to unpack who am I so for for all survivors we're all different and some of us struggle with identity some of us struggle with uh, liking ourselves some of us struggle with being successful you know what would you say your biggest challenges were and how were you able to overcome them? I think we only, I, I, there, there have been many different stages and I think we only learn what we learn when we learn it, right? We can't see what we don't see and until it reveals itself to us. But one of the, there, there initially was, self-confidence issues and by the grace of God and a lot of personal development and stuff, I was able to move past that. And there was a, there was also a Japanese principle that I learned. I, I did become a model finally and lived all over the world doing that. But there was a, a, a principle I learned while in Japan called wabi-sabi. And as I was taught the principle Wabi Sabi states that the beauty and perfection of any object lies in its flaws. So something can only be seen to embody beauty to the correlate degree to which it embodies flaws, damages, ruined parts. That was transformational. And it had me regard myself no longer as a filthy, dirty, rotten, ruined, used up thing, but rather something very beautiful. Lovely. 
so there was there was one piece, but something that recently I've been struggling with just to be fully transparent is I have, and I've only recently recognized it at a great cost to myself and someone I love, is that I've been feeling that somehow, in some way, safety doesn't reside in me, but rather I've been looking for someone or something to make me feel safe. And this was something that was totally hidden from my view until it was too late. I uh, recently ended the relationship with the love of my life because I wanted more and I wanted him in some way to do something that was going to make me feel more safe, specifically marry me. And the moment I ended it, I mean, literally it was hours. I was like, what fuck, what have I done? Oh my God. You know, like a, a blind spot will reveal itself to us. And we go, wait, I saw it completely wrong. I am safe. Safety resides in me as me. It isn't him or something else. Oh my God. It was as if like a, a puzzle shifted around and the whole world recontextualizes, re, recontextualized itself. And the damage was done. And I, uh, I I can't believe I'm being more transparent on this interview, Gloria, than literally I've done hundreds of interviews. And I'm like, shit, I've never said any of this stuff before. But it's it's true. I just, there was, I was trying to have something outside of me compensate for something I felt was missing inside of me, safety. And I couldn't have known it. And I'm 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 thrilled that now I recognize safety as something I bring with me. And the cost of losing that relationship is so great. And I just pray that at some point, somehow, some way, our love will prevail and the damage that I did unwittingly trying to protect myself will be seen as that. Oh, Cheryl. Well, I guess... I've done a lot of work over the years, decades of work on myself, and I just, you know, we only see what we see when we see it. I'd missed that piece. And it, yet, I'm being not, kind to myself. I didn't see it. You didn't. And look, if the love is as great from him, this too will pass. Yeah, God willing. Have faith in that what you felt for him was was big in him as well. And uh, he, if he understood this the way you've just explained it, I 
have no doubt that will that will come right and you know what it's very powerful what you said because just to go back to to that piece about safety of course safety is going to be hidden from view for a lot of us a lot of us check locks several times make sure windows are shut uh, are very tentative about who's walking behind them uh, there are survivors who will not sit with their backs to a door or to a window so safety is big because when you consider it at a very vulnerable time uh, as a child you weren't safe and even though you were in your own home oh you're going to love this even though you were in your own home the place you should have been safest that's when you were abused and a predator took charge how on earth could that translate to you feeling safe on the inside so I'm not surprised that it surfaced but we do know and for lovely ones watching we do know the answer always lies within and we must stop going outside of ourselves and seeking it because the answer lies within that's your greatest power So, Cheryl, I, you know, we've been down lots of, lots of roads today. What are you thinking? You okay? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm committed that everything I've been through, one of the things that gets me through the day, like, not through the day, but like you'd said, a tool to overcoming is using everything I can about my life to make a difference for people. I've just feel that it sets me free mm -hmm. to hope that I might set someone else free. And it's a privilege and I consider it my sacred duty and my joy. Well, someone out there watching is already feeling the freedom that you intended at the beginning. So thank you. Cheryl, just as we're coming into the last few minutes, is there anything you would like to share or say or um, discuss that, that maybe you haven't brought up as yet? I'm almost too scared to ask the question. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't laugh, what would we, you know? <laughs> what else is she going to bring Recipes, up? maybe. <laughs> No, anything about your your. Oh, I'm being a, a silly. I'm like, oh, plus I'm a shit cook, so I'm teasing. Oh, well, I'm not coming for dinner, mind you. I'm in New Zealand. It will take a while. <laughs> not really. My 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 sister uh, was a professional chef, so I I in comparison, I'm awful. But I think I think that's. It. It's been very comprehensive in ways I could never have imagined. Anything that's there for you, Gloria, having an objective point of view? I think, um, well, before we go on to how I see it and, and close out, I think, could you please share with us, and I will put in the show notes, um, you know, any 
where people can find your book, um, where people can find you, um, yeah, ways they can kind of, um, yeah, follow you or get in touch. Are you able to share, please? Absolutely. My website is CherylHunter.com and it's C-H-E-R-Y-L Hunter.com. The book that I mentioned, Greenhorn, the coming of age novel. I hope you'll really enjoy it. It debuted the Amazon's number one over the weekend. And so meaning I, I say that just to say people seem to be liking it so far. It's CherylHunter.com forward slash Greenhorn, which is G-R-E-E-N-H-O-R-N. Um, I'm on Facebook as Cheryl Hunter, Instagram and Twitter. Are we supposed to say the X as Hunter Cheryl? <laughs> Are we supposed to call it X now? I don't even know. Mm. Oh, yikes. But anyway, Hunter Cheryl on formerly known as Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah. Okay. And otherwise, Cheryl Hunter. Okay, thank you so much. And all of that will be put in the show notes below um, for both parts of our video. So look, just as we come into close, I, I think what you've done overall is you've given permission to not just the, the soul part of you and therefore the souls of others um, to, to free to expel, to expunge, to release what was being held within. And, you know, the gift is so big because the gift allows others who haven't been able to, to actually feel that maybe I can too. And I think it's that, I think it's that gift and your absolute raw honesty and, and, Please stay there, Cheryl. But survivors, you know, the raw honesty and the courage and the absolute passion with which um, she does this. Aren't you blown away? I sure am. So I think as we're closing out, please don't go anywhere, Cheryl. And the rest of you, you know, a couple of tips from Cheryl. Please do something creative. You don't have to do what isn't you. How will you know it's you? Because you enjoy doing it. So whether it's writing, whether it's drawing, whether it's picking shells up off the beach, whether it's baking, whether it's rock climbing, you do you. Find a way to release. Find a safe place to share and always know I see you, I stand beside you and I believe you. Mm -hmm.